I always look forward to gathering in God's house with God's people. We don't ever want to take that for granted. It wasn't too long ago we couldn't do it. But now we can. We're so thankful. I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew 7. That'll be the first of several places we'll look. Matthew chapter 7. Our theme this year is rise up and build. And we took that from Nehemiah chapter 2. And we began to uh, work through some of the things we laid out on vision night. Rise up. We need to elevate our thinking and our mindset. And then build. We need to edify. And we began with the idea of rising up, elevating our thinking. And we said we need to rise up in the matter of our personal expectation. We need to rise up in the matter of our ministry health, and we need to rise up in the matter of our God confidence. How big is your God? Sometimes we can live as though God can't do a thing. But I serve a God that's omnipotent. The only thing God can't do is fail in the things pertaining to that. And then we talked about, uh, and how do we elevate our thinking? We talked about we do that through repentance. And we do that through responsibility, taking responsibility. We see that in the life of Nehemiah. He repented on behalf of his people and took responsibility for things that probably weren't even his fault. He retreated. Now, I don't mean he ran away from the battle. I mean he got away and alone with God. And we need to do that. And then removal. He was willing to get rid of the things that were in the way and impeding the building of the wall. See, the wall was built in 52 days. That wasn't the hard part. It was getting rid of the old stuff first. That was the hard part. And then research, he had to look deeply into what needed to be done. And then he had to deal with reality. He had to deal with reality. And finally, it all landed in a total reliance on God. We can't do anything without him. Jesus said that in John 15. Without me, you can do nothing. May we never forget that. Uh, Then last week, we started to get into the idea of building, edifying, building up. And we talked about building up ourselves, personal construction. How do we do that? And this was not any kind of a barn burner, new thoughts kind of message. It was just really repetition, things we need to hear. We do that, first of all, through reading our Bible and studying our Bible and getting into the Word of God, immersing ourselves in God's Word and letting it just saturate our lives. Then we talked about our prayer life, our prayer life. We we mentioned it this morning. No Christian rises above their prayer life. That's tough right there. Then our witness to others. Are we following the Great Commission? We talked about church involvement. Now, I thank the Lord for online and and live streaming. There's many people that can't be here tonight, and they have this available to them, and I'm thankful for that. My wife is one of them. My son's not feeling well today, and so she's home with him. And this morning, the Internet was out. She couldn't even watch the service online this morning because, you know, we have CenturyLink. And... uh, that's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> and if you're here and you work for CenturyLink, I don't blame you, mostly. Um, but, uh, or Brightspeed or whatever it is now. Let it go, Andy. Um, but she couldn't, even, she couldn't even watch it. So, I, I, frankly, I don't know what she did this morning. I assume she opened the Bible. I hope she read the Bible or something this morning. But, uh, but anyway, she couldn't even watch the service, but I'm glad that she can tonight. Hey, dear, how are you? You know? But it's no substitute for gathering in God's house. We need each other. We need this to provoke one another to good works, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10. And then giving. And I'm not just talking about your money. 
I'm talking about giving of yourself, your time, your treasure, and your talents. And then personal holiness. Be holy, for I am holy. So we talked about building ourselves. Now tonight, (laughs) tonight stands to be maybe the most intrusive message of this series. Because nobody likes to be told how they may be failing as a spouse. And nobody likes to be told how to raise their kids. Especially from somebody whose kids are not yet teenagers. What in the world do you know? Not much. I don't know what the Bible teaches. I can't wait until my kids are teenagers to teach you the truths of the Word of God. We don't have that kind of time. So as long as I stay by the book, I'll be all right, won't I? See, I can tell you a little bit, a little bit about marriage. I've been married a while. Seen some good things happen there. But great families are not an accident. They're produced the same way that you would produce a quality building. Our goal, our hope, our prayer, my holy obsession is to build the Family Life Center. It may kill me, but what a way to go, you know? Can I tell you, the way that we will go about building the Family Life Center is the same way in principle that we go about building strong families. This church will never be stronger than its families. Our nation will never be stronger than its families. This community will never be stronger than its families. We have got to build our families. You say, well, Andy, my kids are gone. Then start where you are. Start where you are. Grandkids will be coming for long. Work on them, you know. Amen. Amen. Grandkids. So we want to talk tonight on the subject of family construction. Family construction. Father, Lord, help me to just stay thoroughly biblical on this, Lord. May may I not inject a whole lot of my personal ideas and opinions. But Lord, may this just be truly biblical. Help us, we pray. And may Christ be lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to build the Family Life Center. We're going to build our family. What do we do first? Now, let's assume we've got the money. You say, we don't have the money. We will. What God demands, he'll enable. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God pays for what he orders. Anyway, the first thing we've got to do, and I realize I'm leaving out some steps, but some of them don't really lend themselves to preaching. But here's the first thing you've got to do. You've got to prep the site. It's beautiful over there, but we can't build a building on it like it is. We've got to prep the site. The ground upon which you build your home or any building is of prime importance. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse number 24? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, 
which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. It matters what kind of ground you build on. It matters. When I went to college in northwest Florida, I went for all kinds of spiritual reasons. But every once in a while, I'd find myself going down to the Gulf Coast. I didn't go to the beach, friends. I went to the Gulf Coast. And I found myself almost coveting these people that had these multi-million dollar homes right on the beach. Well, I'll tell you, the homes that are built on the beach, they better not just be founded on the sand. They better have pillars that reach all the way down to rock. Because if you're just building on the sand, first good storm that comes up, it's gone. The best parents are the ones who are saved, surrendered, and serving. Now, parents, I want to ask you a question. It's the same question I have to wrestle with myself. What kind of ground am I building my home on? Because there's, now I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people saved, going to heaven. But there's Christians that are building their homes on the culture. I got news for you, friend. That's sinking sand. This culture shifts constantly. Go back 20 years. Go back 20 years. Would you have imagined we'd be having the discussions that we're having today? Would you imagine that we'd be dealing with the insanity that has taken hold of this country? I wouldn't have have believed it. But here we are. Because the culture is the domain of Satan. And it's constantly shifting, and yet we've got Christian families that are building their home on this culture. Oh, well, I'm, I'm building my home on my personal experience. This is how my daddy did it, so this is how I'm going to do it. Can I tell you a secret? Every mom and dad has one thing in common. We didn't do everything right. I'm thankful for my dad. I love my dad. My dad's in heaven. But if I'm honest with you, I'd do more of the opposite of what my dad would do than what he would do. Why? Because I have the advantage of having been exposed to more spiritual help than he was. If I just did it the way I was brought up, my kids would be in a lot different home. By the way, aren't you glad God can change a home? (laughs) Well, you know, that's how mom and dad did it. It worked out all right for us. We'll just go. And that may be fine if they did it right, but if they didn't do it right, then that can't be your foundation. Maybe perhaps you're building on the foundation of the path of least resistance. Man, I just, I'm sick of hearing my kid holler about, I'm just giving them what they want just to keep them quiet. I got news for you, friend. Your home's about to fall, if it hasn't already. Hey, parenting's hard work, y'all. It is not for the faint of heart. Do you know when I knew parenting would be hard? The day she was born. 
the day she was born. Claire was born via C-section. And so they, they brought her out, and they had to help my wife get back together. And so they told me to go back to the room. And they wrapped Claire up in a little blanket, and they brought her to me, and they handed her to me and said, your wife will be here in about an hour. What do I do? What if she needs to be changed? Change her. What what if she cries? It'll be all right. And she looked up at me and she went. (laughs) So I sat there for an hour having no idea what to do. Foster, it's coming, bud. (laughs) And at that moment, I knew. I got no idea what I'm doing. This kid is never going to survive. She is never going to make it. I'll tell you something, friend. The only foundation upon which you can build your home and hope for any success is the Word of God. On Christ the solid rock I sand, all other ground, all other ground is sinking sand. So you got to prep the site. Then, number two, you've got to follow the plans. You've got to follow the plans. Any real building of any import has blueprints, and it would be foolish to ignore them. You ever heard somebody say, oh, I sure do wish that there was an instruction manual for kids. Guess what? There is. You see, the human experience has blueprints. It has instructions for living. Well, what are the instructions? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. We got to follow the plans. There'd be two ways to foolishly handle the blueprints that God has given us. The first would be is when we ignore them. If we're building the Family Life Center and we get the blueprints all drawn up and they're signed off on and everything and then our general contractor says, I don't need those. (coughs) We got a problem. We got a problem. Because we're trying to build a basketball gymnasium and and other things around it and if we ignore the blueprints, we're going to end up with a soccer field. I'm not a huge soccer fan. We got to follow the plans. And if we ignore them, we're in serious trouble. Can I tell you something, friend? When you ignore the plans of God's word, nothing good can come of that. But I tell you what else sometimes we do. We don't ignore the plans. We misuse them. We misuse them. Well, how in the world would we misuse this book? We read Joshua 1:8, go back a verse. Joshua 1, 7. This is interesting to me. He says, 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. We're good, independent, fundamental Baptists here, most of us. And we get all up in arms when people run to the left of Scripture, don't we? But we ought to get up in arms when people run to the right of Scripture, too. You don't take away from God's Word, but you don't add to it either. And we've got an entire generation of kids that are suffering because we decided to elevate our opinions and our preferences and our ideas to the level of Scripture, and we misuse the plans. And right now there's kids that their homes are not what they should be because we misuse the plans. We'll not turn there for time's sake, but Deuteronomy 6 teaches us that the Word of God should saturate every aspect of our lives. I am a huge, I can't overstate it, a huge believer in what's called family altar time. Now, it may take different views and different forms, and you may do it at different times of the day, but I believe every Christian family ought to spend time in the Word of God and in prayer every day. Every day. How better to show our kids the importance of the Word of God than to sit down and take time out of our busy day and say, this is important enough that we need to do this. It's more important than TV. It's more important than your Facebook. It's more important than your time with your friends. We need to hear from God. And if we don't make God's Word a priority in our homes, our kids won't make it a priority in theirs either. If we're going to build our families just like a building, we got to prep the site. we got to follow the plans. Number three, I don't like this one. we got to submit to authority. We talk about building the Family Life Center, and there's one aspect of that that I've already been warned about. Oh, Andy, you sure are going to enjoy code enforcement. I know. And, and, and listen, I'm not against those that, especially if they're watching, I'm not against those that are involved in building, building codes and all that kind of thing. But anybody that's tried to build something, every once in a while you run into something, they're just like, I don't even understand that. I was watching a video the other day of a guy arguing with a building inspector over how far the slant of the driveway was from the road. And it was somewhere, it was a discrepancy between 14 and 18 feet. And he said, I measured it according to every other driveway on this block. You're telling me this one driveway needs to be different? Well, that's the code. Well, it wasn't the code for these other 47 houses. You're telling me that the sidewalk is going to go like this and then do like that in front of this house? You're telling me that's what y'all want? And he went back and forth and back and forth. And the guy finally called somebody above him. They said, just do it, do it, do it the same way. And everything was fine. But we, we sometimes we get into that and we're like, oh, man, code this and code that. But, but here's the deal. Whether you like it or you don't like it, do you have to submit to it? Yeah. I got news for you. They win, don't they? Now, here's the thing about it. In most cases, 
though we may scratch our heads and say, boy, I don't know. I don't understand that code. I don't understand why I have to have to do it that way. There's a reason. And the reason was founded by people that know more than I do. How about that? I'm sure there's exceptions to that. But the fact is, there's codes for electrical work that are there for a reason. There's building codes that are there for a reason. And without those codes, you have unsafe situations in which people get hurt or even killed. But even even if you can't figure it out, it's still authority. And where does authority come from? God. So thank the Lord for codes. Thank the Lord for that. We're all under authority, and we are all called by God to submit to authority. Romans chapter 13, verse number 1. Man, you'd think I'd have an easier sermon for a baptism night, but it's not how it worked out. Let every soul. Who? Every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. That's not my president. It doesn't matter if you feel that way or not. Powers that be are ordained of God. Not my governor. The powers that be are ordained of God. It's not my husband. Well, you may not can get out of it that easy. Well, we love to talk about kids submitting to parents, don't we? Our kids ought to submit to us. They ought to just lockstep do what we say because we know some things and the Bible's pretty clear. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Yeah, they should. And by the way, we should insist on our kids submitting to us. We should insist upon it. And we need to be leading our kids, not the other way around. Oh, my soul. I don't understand this. And I realize I don't have a teenager yet. But I'm sorry, I don't understand this. I don't understand parents that are afraid of their kids. Oh, little Johnny, I'm sorry that you feel that way. What can I do to fix that? I mean, go to Walmart. Watch them pitch a living royal fit. And the parents are just terrified. My daddy? Now, I don't know how it's been around here. But when I was growing up, Roses was actually a pretty big store. It's a big store where I grew up. And we were there, and I wanted something, and he wasn't going to give it to me. And so I decided I was going to try something that I'd seen some other kid do with some success. And I pitched fit. Now, this is anecdotal. It's not what I think you should do necessarily. My dad pulled his belt off and wore me out in front of God and everybody in the middle of that department store. You know how many times I ever tried that again? None. None. My dad wasn't afraid of me. And there's a right and a wrong way to do everything and to deal with everything. But parents, you've got to understand something. God has given you the responsibility, and he's given you the ability to lead your kids, and you need to assume that. You need to assume that. 
this is fun, isn't it? Now, that said, we love to talk about our kids submitting, but they're, they're not... They're not going to submit to us consistently if we don't show them the same consistent example of submitting to the authorities in our own lives, too. Oh. Lord, please help me with this one. Ephesians 5.22. Wives. <laughs> so glad my wife's at home tonight. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. That always gets me that Paul had to specify your own husbands. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. That's what the Bible says. It's not my idea. Don't get mad at me. And men, we love to pull that one out, don't we? But read the verse before. Submitting yourselves one to another. In the fear of God. There are times that it's appropriate for me to submit to my wife. There are things in my life that my wife has full control over. She has full control over my cell phone. She does. It keeps me from looking at things I shouldn't look at. As I stand before you, thanks be to God for victory in that area. But I'm going to tell you, it's not because I'm super spiritual. It's because I got stuff in place to help me. Because I'm just like Paul in this regard, and my flesh dwells no good thing. She, ha- she is privy to everything that I have that's password protected. Everything. I give her that authority in my life. She is free to ask me any question about anything she wishes without fear of reprisal. That's an accountability measure. And I submit to her in that regard. How about this one? Ephesians 6, verse, 20, verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart. What's the principle there? The principle there is if, if we're employed by somebody, they have authority in our lives. That doesn't mean they're always right, but it means we shouldn't come home bashing our boss to our kids. This next one, it, it, it's the Bible. Again, Hebrews 13, verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you. Oh, that's just a general one. Who have spoken unto you the word of God. Uh Uh-oh. Whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. There is some measure of authority that God gives a pastor. Now, I better be super careful with how I use it or don't use it. And it doesn't mean I'm a dictator. And it doesn't mean that we're not individually priesthood, priesthood of the, you, know, uh, pre, you know what I'm trying to say, the individual priesthood of the believer that exists. And I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying there are authorities in our lives. Hey, young people, your teachers are your authority. I got news for you. Police officers are authorities. Are there bad police officers out there? There's a few. And there's a lot of really good ones. Can I just give you this to think about? If we don't make much of all God-given authority, our kids will soon not make much of any God-given authority, and that includes ours. 
Well, family construction. We've got to prep the site. We've got to follow the plans. We've got to submit to authority. Number four, we've got to use proper materials. Let me ask you a question. If you're building your dream home, do you want materials that are the best or do you want materials that are good enough? The best. Unless you want your dream home to just last as long as your dream. You see, the best blueprints, the best plans, the best builders, the, the most talented builders cannot overcome subpar materials. And when we're building our homes, we need materials that are sound and reliable and able, able to withstand the storms of life. And if you are building your family with subpar materials, you are destined for a fall. What are you using to build your family? How about negative influences? And by the way, I'm not just talking about your kids. I don't like who my kids hang around with. Well, you know what? It may be that you're not hanging around with good people either. I don't like what my kids are watching. It may be you're not watching good things either. I don't like what my kids are listening to. Well, maybe you ought not be listening to what you're listening to. Negative influences are as much for us as they are our kids. By the way, parents, sorry, kids. You have the right and responsibility to measure who your kids' friends are and what they're listening to and what they're watching. You have that responsibility. We have a rule in our house. My, my daughter can shut her door, but she cannot lock it. And I, am, I have a right to search anything I wish. Well, don't you respect her privacy? No. She sure doesn't respect mine. She's getting better about it. Asher's the worst. Put him to bed. And my wife and I, the only time that, that we have to just sit and talk and be a, a couple in love and say, how have you been today, honey? Oh, I've been great. How was your day? The only time we have is 9 o'clock at night. And so it's the same thing every night. 9 o'clock, kids are in bed. We go downstairs, and, and, and we, we're all about documentaries. I like documentaries. And I watch weird ones. You know, like documentaries about hot air balloons and things like that. <sighs> How you been, honey? I've been great. Mom! What, son? So I don't respect their privacy. They don't respect mine. Thing is, I'm responsible to keep things away from them that'll hurt them. Don't you let subpar materials in. Well, you know, I just, oh, Lord help us. I just tell them to follow their heart. See, and that's a popular phrase because that's what it says on TV, and that's what Disney tells us to do, and that's what Nickelodeon tells us to do. But the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. No, it's deceitful and desperately wicked, even worse. Who can know it? Don't you follow your heart? Your heart will mislead you every time. When I'm parenting my kids, I just follow my heart. Ooh, good luck. How about worldly philosophy? I just, it, it, I'll never understand why people care what celebrities think about anything. There's a woman, I'll not mention her name, she's the same age as me. And she's a comedian, 
She had a talk show at one point, and she loves to say how idiotic people of other than her persuasion are, whether they're conservative or Christian or whatever. They're just idiots. They don't know what they're doing. And, and what are we doing? This, this whole Roe v. Wade being overturned. And all, by the way, thank God Roe v. Wade was overturned. But, but, uh, but, but uh, you know, hey, they're just idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. And, and you need to vote in people that will restore that and blah, 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 telling people who to vote for. This woman, I read an article the other day, checked up on it and made sure that what I read was true. This woman went on a talk show and said it was seven years ago when she was 40 that she came to the understanding that the sun and the moon are two different things. (coughs) Who's the idiot now? How do you even? Every once in a while, you go outside and the sun's here and the moon's there. How do you? And this woman's telling me who to vote for. That there's all kinds of people that care what their favorite movie star or their favorite singer thinks about some political issue that has a nuance that they have no idea. Andy, where do you come down on Ukraine versus Russia? I don't think anybody ought to do anything that's cruel and, and, and war criminal stuff and all that. I don't, I don't believe in any of that. And I'm sorry for what's happened to the people of Ukraine, but I'm not even going to begin to tell you geopolitically what should happen over there because I don't know. Worldly philosophy. Follow your heart. Love is love. No. Love is not love. Not when it's wrongly applied. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Watch this. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And by the way, don't you think that letting your kids watch YouTube Kids is safe? Forgive me, Ms. Collins, it ain't. Finally, oh, wait a minute, I got something else for you. Regarding your materials, don't settle for good, strive for best. Strive for best. Now, if you're building a building, involve those who know what they're doing. If, if you're the Family Life Center, I can tell you, I, I can't tell you who will be the general contractor. I can tell you who's not going to be the general contractor. I am not the general contractor. And all God's people said, amen. You know why? Because I would have no idea what I was doing. I just, I am not gifted in those areas, and I am not educated in those areas, and I am not experienced in those areas. My dad and I didn't get along. And because we didn't get along, what little he knew how to do, he did not pass on to me. I didn't learn from my dad how to work on a car. I didn't learn from my dad how to do woodworking. I didn't learn from my dad how to build anything. I didn't learn from my dad hardly anything. And I regret that. And so I've had to educate myself and ask other people. I've had to involve people that know what they're doing. 
And when we're building our families, we've got to involve people that know what we're doing. When we're building a building, we would do well to employ real craftsmen with knowledge and experience. I've got some beautiful bookshelves in my study. You know who built those? Somebody with some real knowledge and experience. And it shows. Well, if it's the right thing to employ real craftsmen in something like building a building, would we not do well to employ the same in our families? It matters who's preaching to them. It matters who's teaching them. Let me pause there. I'd be remiss if I didn't. Our public schools have many good, solid, godly, loving teachers. And I thank God for them. We have them in our church. My sister is one of them, and I'm grateful. But I got news for you, friends. The system is corrupt. And the system does have a good number of teachers and administrators and advisors that are seeking to indoctrinate our children in the most wicked things imaginable. It matters who teaches your kid. And that's not, that's not a commercial for granite, although granite's a great option. But if nothing else, you ought to consider homeschooling. Unless you just need some help. It matters who teaches our kids. It matters who influences our kids. It matters who, uh, um, who leads our kids. But can I tell you something, friend? It matters who preaches to our parents and who teaches our parents and who counsels our parents and who advises our parents and who influences our parents. Our verse is Proverbs 13, verse number 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, great craftsmen pass on wisdom to the next group. I didn't learn much, but I'll tell you one thing that I did learn, just as an illustration. One thing that I did learn is measure twice, cut once. That's good, and that's good advice, isn't it? Well, what does that mean? That means to make sure and measure twice, and, and ensure that your measurements are correct and that everything is as it should be before you do something you can't take back. Hey, parents, that's good advice. Make sure you know everything you need to know before you cut. You see God's face and you read his word and you pray and you get all the information you need. You measure twice and three times and four times before you run on what you want to do. Family Life Center is a big deal. I sure am looking forward to it. And it, it matters. But that building means nothing compared to our families. And if I have to choose between the health of our families and that building, I choose our families every time. So as we build our families, let's make sure and prep the site. 
Let's build on the right ground. Let's follow the plans. Use the Word of God. Submit to authority. Use proper materials. And involve those who know, with know-how. May God help us to build the strong, godly families that we desperately, desperately need.